This is a HeadGum Podcast. I fl- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Fly like paper, get high like planes. <laughs> if you catch me at the border, I got visas in my name. If you come around here, I'll make them all day. I get one done in a second if you wait. I fly like paper, get high like planes. If you catch me in the border, I got visas in my name. If you come around here, I'll make them all day. I get one done and in a second if you wait. And all I want to do is boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and ooh, ka-ching and take your money. Yes, yes. And all I want to do is boom, 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 boom. And ka-ching, take your money. Yes. That is my rendition of Paper Planes by the recording artist M.I.A., a favorite here on Senior Superlatives. The year is 2009. And I know we've been here before, but guess what? We're back. And the cool thing about 2009 is I love finding all these websites that tell us what pop culture is of the moment. So right now I am on a website pop-culture.us to find out what exactly was going on in the world in 2009. Well, in case you were wondering, Katie Stam is Miss America and Kristen Dalton is Miss USA hailing from North Carolina. Fashion icons and movie stars at the time are Christina Aguilera, Malin Ackerman, which I personally love being on this list. Jessica Alba, Elizabeth Banks, Kate Beckinsale, Jessica Biel, Moonblood Good? Moonblood Good. I don't know whomst Moonblood Good is, but apparently a fashion icon and movie star. Jordana Brewster, Allison Bree, Jordana Brewster listed twice. Rose Byrne, Katie Cassidy, Amelia Clark, Penelope Cruz, Alexandra Daddario, Brooklyn Decker, Zoe Deschanel. Wow. I would just like to note. Sorry, Alexandra Daddario in 2009? Yes, and I would also just like to note really quickly, only women on this list. Only they hadn't women invented, They hadn't invented men's fashion. Sorry, I know I'm not allowed to speak. You can speak whenever you want. It's a free country, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Rashida Jones, January Jones, Padma Lakshmi, Evangeline Lilly, Adriana Lima, Lindsay Lohan, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I mean... Oh, wow. You know who's on this list? Anna Lynn McCord, who creeped back up into our sphere. As did Evangeline Lilly, because she's now an anti-vaxxer. And you know what? Here we are. (laughs) Um, The quote, the 2009 quote, according to pop-culture.us is, you guys might not know this, but I consider myself a bit of a loner. I tend to think of myself as a one-man wolf pack, but when my sister brought Doug home, I knew he was one of my own, and my wolf pack, it grew by one. So there, there were two of us in the wolf pack. I was alone at first in the pack, and then Doug joined in later. And six months ago, when Doug introduced me to you guys, I thought, wait a second, could it be? And now I know for sure. We just added two more guys to my wolf pack. Four of us wolves running around the desert together in Las Vegas looking for strippers and cocaine. So tonight, I make a toast. Okay. Hangover. Alan from The Hangover. Were we our first ever international guest oh on my God. Senior Superlatives? We were in Athens, Greece, and we are George Severus. George. Hello. Huge. I, I huge. am so, it is, first of all, I just want to say off the bat, there is so much writing on this for me. <laughs> for, I mean, one reason, and not to come right out and say this, but Please to break, to break my silence, I need to break yes. my silence on something. Go forth. Um, much like, you know, uh, kind of a Kendall Jenner on the cover of People magazine, let's say, breaking her silence about um, struggling with uh, having bad skin or something. I, I yes. have to break my silence about the following, which is that Last time you asked me to do one of your podcasts, this was yes. a, a few podcasts ago, mm-hmm. we recorded, you were such a good interviewer that you made me feel safe enough 
to say various <laughs> things that I maybe was not ready to say. And then, mm. I, I mean, I'm sure I was the only person who has ever done this to you. I asked you not to release the episode. You're not actually. I'm not. I've okay. had, no, you're not. I've actually had three other people ask me to do. That. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it really is a testament to how good you are. I, Thank but I you. was, I was truly so humil. I was more humiliated about having to ask you that than I was about anything I said on the podcast because it wasn't even like I said anything embarrassing. It was just like I was talking about something that had happened recently and without the consent of the person I was talking about. So I was like, I would, ne- you know, like I. Own, like I would never want that to then, you know, like totally. So I was like, I can't do this, but but it's not it's not Greta's fault. Like I willingly shared the information, and so I've always known. Next time Greta invites me on a podcast, I have to bring it, <laughs> and I have to go just far enough that oh. I that I that I that it's a smash hit but not far enough that I ask her again to not release the episode. Oh my god. Also, if you asked me to not release the episode, I would say fine. No, 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 no. This one no. No, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's me from your perspective as Greta Titleman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so happy to have you on because I mean I have so many questions. For starters, like you are Greek, number one. And you are in Athens, but were you born and raised in Athens? Okay, so if you, if I I may be so bold, I'm going to do a little uh, timeline. Give us the history. Yes, I'm going to give you a little history. So because it is a little confusing. So my parents are both Greek, grew up in Greece, uh, grew up in Athens, went to college in Athens. And then both of them independently went to graduate school in Massachusetts. Now, when they were in graduate school, that's where they met at some kind of, I believe, Greek student mixer. Which <laughs> we so, love. We which love a we Greek love. student mixer. And it maybe, maybe was on a boat. I, I have gotten mixed. As it has to be. As it has to be. But, not, but a boat, again, in Massachusetts. Um, so they, they're both Greek, but they met in the States. They got married there. They had me while in grad school. As soon as I was born maybe a year passed and then we moved back to Greece. So my early childhood, Athens. Yes. Um, I would say until maybe second grade. Then second grade through eighth grade, I believe I was in, we we then moved to America. So I was in New Jersey, second grade through eighth grade. And that's the okay. reason I'm like pretty Americanized. I don't have an accent. I feel pretty American. But then in high school, So starting in ninth grade, we moved back to Athens. So that was like the big, it was, I would say like, there was the initial culture shock of going as a, as a Greek child to New Jersey and having to get used to America. And then as soon as I really felt American, we then moved back to Greece, at which point I felt more American than the Greek kids and felt like I was the outsider for being too American. So it was like, you know, too... I don't know, you know, like the first time I felt like an outsider one way, the second time I felt like an outsider the other way. So ninth right. grade specifically, like th- like when high school starts, when like American high school starts is the first year that I am back in Greece. So did you feel like when you were starting high school? Uh, well, w- this is a twofold question. One, were you at the American school in no. Athens? So I was in okay. a Greek school. Yeah. Okay. So when you went back to Athens, did you feel like a chip on your shoulder? Because like, you know, American youth, American kids, like American teens are kind of in like, you know, Western Europe, if you will, seen as kind of like the pinnacle of teendom, if that makes sense. The thing is, at the time, this was like Bush era, Iraq war era. Like right. there was right, rightly so anti-American Shame. sentiment across yes. like the rest of the country. So like, I mean, I started high school. What, what that would have been what? 2005, 2005. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like not even. I mean, that's like fully the peak of shame about the Iraq war and about but like it, it was not a cute moment. So, in fact, it was the opposite. I, I remember being like, not like bullied. I'm not going to go that far, but like it certainly was like 
I didn't feel like proud that, that I was like coming from um, America. Right, that you were coming from America. Um, it was, but it was, I mean, it was fine. But, but I think I, I had this like dual. On the one hand, I felt kind of cocky because I knew things they didn't, and you know, like kind of honestly had a real. I had like honestly a pretty good middle school experience in New Jersey, and was like, if not popular, then like well-liked right and so i was like i don't know it was kind of, I, I was coming in with a certain amount of confidence but on the other hand i felt so insecure that i didn't know i really didn't know like greek pop culture at all because from the basically from third grade when we moved back like my interaction with greek people was limited to my family and my cousins when we would visit and my relatives like right i didn't know what the slang was. I didn't know what kind of just really simple things you don't even think about. Like what is the slang term for any kind of sex act or any kind of like, um, you know, like, like, how, like how would you how say people... dude if you're talking to a guy? Right. Like just like things like that. Like I just, I, it, those were, I, I felt so out of the loop. And then Weirdly enough, even the like American culture they adopt in each country is always different. So like I remember when I was in the States, the cool thing was kind of like a preppy type thing. I mean, we were also living right. in kind the of style like style was yeah, very it was proud. very Abercrombie. It was like it was towards the maybe the tail end of the Abercrombie era. I remember people were like Ralph their Lauren rugby. Up. Yes, exactly. But then in Greece, suddenly the cool thing, I kid you not, was like heavy metal it was like people had like patches on their denim jackets that were like iron maiden black sabbath which to me i was like oh that's what the like goth kids like in new jersey like that's kind of like marginalized so right you know so i never but then suddenly i had to pretend i knew who you know black sabbath was right <laughs> so when you when you got to school, was your school uniform or could you wear whatever you wanted? We could wear whatever we wanted. But so not only was I in a Greek school, I was in, I would say, a very traditional, almost reactionary group, like school that really believed in Greek culture and like ancient Greece. And like it was there was a lot of emphasis on ancient Greek history and it was like uh, it, it wasn't like uh, you know, especially at the time. The, I later switched schools and was in a, a kind of more international one. But like, especially at the time, there was the idea of someone then like going to college in America was was not something that was discussed. So it was it was very very Greek. So no, there was no uniform, but there was, because of that kind of traditional element, there was a kind of like throwback authority, like, you know, like someone would walk, like a teacher would, you know, the headmistress would walk in, look at like a kid, like a, a boy with long hair and be like, you haircut tomorrow. Right. You know, yeah. like, and like you yeah. couldn't have long hair, but it wasn't like written anywhere that this is the dress code. It was like understood that there are certain ways that like a respectable youth should look. Right. Right. Wow. That's so interesting to go to a school that is like so deeply rooted in the in like Greek history, which is fascinating, of course. Yeah. But, you know, that also is like a double fold culture shock of not only being shocked amongst your peers with style and music and pop culture, but then mm -hmm. also being shocked with like, wait, like, what you yeah, know and yeah. also you were you were going in to that as well with like a pretty recent post 911 uh New Jersey experience mm -hmm. which is also like a deeply rooted you know American trauma oh, totally. and then you're going over there and you're learning about a whole different way of the world yes, you know yeah. and and I think, yeah, well, I mean, 9-11, I mean, my dad worked in Manhattan and was like a few, we, we don't have to get into it, but like, it, yes, I certainly like the trauma was well, deeply all of my, felt. I um, mean, you know, I 
me in DC on 9-11 in the Pentagon, obviously not right. nearly the same thing as um, the World Trade Center. But all of my friends that were in the tri-state, like New York, New Jersey, especially if your parents commuted into the city or if you lived in the city, like that is something that has, for all of us, like especially when you're directly affected by it, shaped our youth oh, yeah. and like our childhood. So yeah. I think it's it, it's very interesting to have go into a whole other pocket of people mm-hmm. that like, of course they know that that happened, but to have it not. It was something that happened overseas. Real. It was like, it yeah. was like, it was like, it's like when we read about, I don't know, whatever, something happening in Europe or Asia, like it, it's just, Correct. it's yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was, it's, it's difficult because American culture is so, um, in is exported so much into other places. So obviously yeah. there are, you know, people know, people knew certain TV shows, people watched friends, people watched like even, even contemporary stuff at the time, like the OC, they would sell like DVD sets sure. at the video store. Um, so that almost is that almost makes it worse because you never know what which of your references people will recognize right and which of them they won't because you just have no way of knowing what parts of american culture had been exported right um so when you got there like do you remember what you wore to school your first day of class like oh my god that is like what was your style like when you first got there and did you feel like it changed after being there for a while or were you kind of just like this is george yeah well so i'll say this so i was at that greek school for one year i mean i i was in greek speaking school throughout but i was at that first school for one year and then the second year i was there i switched to another school which i then went for 10th 11th 12th grade and that school was more like i would say more um I guess international would be the right word. Like a lot of people like there wanted, but, but also like literally had ties to America. Like a lot of people there, like ended up not a lot, but like maybe 10, 15% of the class ended up going to college in America. Like that, you know, I think we spoke about this yeah. off the pod because I'm pretty, I'm fairly certain that my dad's wife's daughter's husband went to that. High I'm school. sure it, there it's yeah. very clear. Like there is one it's in my dad's neighborhood. Yeah. Isn't it is in Tio, Tio yeah. Yep. It's in Tico. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's called Colegio. It's like anyone, I mean, it's, and the first one for anyone keeping any Greek speakers at home <laughs> is at Sakio, which is the more traditional Greek one. Um, but yeah, Colegio is like the most famous private school, which sounds to an American ear, it sounds fancier than it is. It's like, gr- like Greece is a small country and only has yeah. a certain. So it's like, yes, it is a school that like the wealthiest Greeks go to, but it's also a school that like middle class Greek people. But like, it's like it is a far, it's a wide range because there simply are not enough mega wealthy people to make something like an Andover. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but it is like it's definitely the most prestigious. Um, high school, whatever. So, so I went there for the the last three years, but so in the, so the first year I was in Greece, I honestly didn't know what to think fashion wise. I remember just so desperately chasing anything that seemed like a trend. I, I distinctly remember Paul, do you remember Paul Frank t-shirts? Oh my God. Thank you for, you are the first person to really bring up Paul Frank. I think Lauren Servideo might've brought up Paul Frank, but Paul Frank, huge cultural moment. So Paul Frank, for whatever reason, was well, I should say this. Greek people love a brand name to a humiliating degree. So like (laughs) when we were in New Jersey, we would go shopping at the Woodbury outlets. Mm -hmm. And like like I swear to God, when you pass by Burberry, you would only hear Greek being spoken. It was all (laughs) Greek immigrants that wanted Burberry plaid. Um, So so. It's just, that's just like baseline Greek people love brands and love flashy, like love things that say the brand on the friggin' like across Front. the front. So I was like, okay, noted, like I will start paying attention to these things. So Paul Frank was one that was like, I noticed people were wearing it. And I remember just desperately going, being like, where can I find one of these t-shirts and paying 50 euro for a t-shirt, which 
I, it was like, that's like my allowance. That was like weeks of my allowance. Unheard of. At <laughs> yeah, the just time. insane. But I was like, yeah. well, I have to do this if I want to fit in. Absolutely. So that was year one. And then what happened is, and this is key. When I went to the second school, which was more international, kind of more Americanized, whatever, I realized that various things that were popular in America a few years before were now popular at this school. So I went back into my closet. I found yes. all the Abercrombie and Hollister I could find. Mm-hmm. Suddenly I was the most well-dressed person in my grade. Absolutely. You because, just go into your, dip into your archives yeah. here. It's all right there. <laughs> so I, so that, so then I was like, you know what? I feel great. So then you, it was an Abercrombie space. It was Did Abercrombie you... Gap. Like the idea Love. of a Gap hoodie that said that had like the Gap logo. Uh, the fact that I had like two of those just lying around without having to literally take an international trip. <laughs> I, I, I was literally Paris Hilton. Solidified you as the elite, some might <laughs> the say. Elite, yeah. Wow. So did you find that these high schools were like clicky? Is it like, yes, is it clicky in the way that um, when we when we see like American schools portrayed in the movies are clicky or yeah. is it clicky in a different way? Like, so here's oh what my. I'll say. Yeah, it was. Here's what was shocking about it. So in I went to I mean, when I was in New Jersey, I went to public school, then I went to private school. Like I've, I've had various different um, experiences, but like the one thing that was a constant was like the popular kids were like, generally speaking, especially for the girls, were the hot girls. Like it was mm. like based on looks. Right. Like that's. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that because a lot of the other stuff that's in high school movies and stuff is not accurate. Like the cheerleaders were not the popular ones. Like at my school in New Jersey, it was like the field hockey yeah. girls and the lacrosse girls. Um, but one thing that's consistent across the board is just that like the attractive people are the most popular. It's like, yeah, the most, whatever, what was shocking to me in Greece and specifically in that second high school was that kids like teenagers were so aware of everyone's financial status that the popular kids were the richest kids. It was mm. like, and I'm, I'm not saying I'm not here to judge who was pretty and who was not pretty, but like it was but not busted rich. People. It was not based on looks. Like it was like it <laughs> just was a, say it, George. Everyone was ugly and saying, rich. Like, it was like sure some some of the rich kids were hot, some of them were not hot, but like it was the rich kids that were popular, and it was something that I was ve- I was like really taken aback by, like how explicit it was, like right because in Greece it's very simple, like. And listen, I'm not saying I was like, I, I was, I don't know, somewhere in the middle. Like, I, you know, it was like my parents did not grow up with money. We don't have generational wealth, but like, obviously they could afford to send me to the school. Fine. Right. And they did. But your your it, parents did well for themselves. They did. They, I mean, they, you know, it was like they also had the American dream. Like they yeah. went to grad school in America. Then we lived there for a while, whatever. Um, but we weren't like Greek royalty, like it, in Greece, like. There are people, especially people that work in like shipping or. Yeah, I was going to say shipping air money. Yeah. Yeah. So like shipping air money is just like a different thing. And I was. You just suddenly started realizing like, oh, everyone knows like. Some of these last names are famous. So like you recognize someone. Oh, this is someone. Yes, that's a shipping family. This is someone that's like a business, whatever. And so that was so it was clicky in that sense i mean not so much that i that i was like i felt super marginalized or anything but it was like i i never did feel like i could break into that part of it well that is really interesting because i i mean i think that there is that does happen in the private school systems like on the East Coast, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, in L.A. and all of that shit. However, I think to a different degree, like it sounds like pretty extreme in the Greek version. I think that like culturally, yeah, I think it's just a totally different awareness. And like it's it's I just it's when, a small country. So like to be a big fish in a small pond has like the thing is even if i haven't been you know i never went to like andover or something but i imagine america is so big that like even if you're going to college you're going to high school with like malia obama you can also be going to high school with like i don't know some celebrities daughter no like, I, th- like in my experience when i was at choate and when i was at my high school in dc that is now all over the news um there was 
I think like in both places, it's like, of course, you were around these like dumb, rich kids more so at boarding school in Connecticut, more when I was at Choate. Mm -hmm. At Choate, there was much more definitive like this person is fucking loaded and yeah. like this is that however it was a bit more mix of people and it also didn't determine whether or not you were cool like yeah, you totally. could be a super fucking rich kid at boarding school in connecticut and people could not give a shit about you you know mm-hmm. um so i think that that's interesting did you what was did you play sports like what was the vibe with that or was it yeah. just because um, i feel like from what i've gleaned from my other like Greek friends that like everything was very academically rigorous and like academically um, oriented. And yeah. I wonder if that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, sports, first of all, just like don't have the same place in high school as they do in other places. Or actually, I don't even think that's true. I think America is the exception there. We're like sports are like literally a part of high school and you have like away games like that wasn't you have to play and you have to play like that was not in Greece. It's in fact, it's kind of well, I mean, certainly like the boys would play like soccer and basketball kind of on their free time and during races and whatever. But sports as like an organized thing, it was either that you were truly training for the Olympics (laughs) <laughs> or you didn't do them at all. Like I remember because in New Jersey, I I did two things. I played tennis and I swam. And those were like my two sports. I was right. I was below average in both of them, but still like had fun and I liked them, whatever. So then when I went to Greece, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be nice if I found somewhere that I could like be on a swim team. Like it's like, it was like a big part of my life. And there was literally nowhere for an average person to do that. Like That's either you're so either funny. you're li- like I remember going to like attempting to join this team or whatever you want to call it. And it was like, everyone looked like an Olympian. I mean, it was like what you would see when you watch like professional swimmers. And then it was like either that, it was like either that or like, or basically doing glorified, like, water aerobics with like old people. That's so funny. That's so funny. So when, so it was like not a sports thing. Was like theater a big deal in your high school? Um, it, like, what it was, was the just, extra it was curriculars? Acu- the thing is, like, um, what happens in Greece is, so the the la- the basically the last two years are suddenly very academically rigorous, mm-hmm. and the final your final year of high school this insane thing happens where every single person, even the burnouts suddenly are incredibly academically oriented because everyone takes these exams at the end of the year. And based on those, your entire life, like obviously not for me because I went to college here, but based on those exams, you enter into like an academic field at the university. And if you don't do well, you're fucked. Like if you want to be a lawyer and you don't do well in those exams, suddenly you're a psychologist. Oh my like it's God. like by you know what I mean? Like it's like based on your grade, that's what right. be, that's what field you go into. And the only thing you can do if you don't get what you want is then like take that exam again the following year. So then you are but but there's no but then you're like wasting another year not being in school just studying for these exams. So it's like oh very God. important that you do well. Um and so so the last two years are super academic. Before that, I mean yeah, it's just kind of like I think what it is is unlike America, high school doesn't encapsulate every um corner of your life. So it's like right. you go to school to learn and then after that like yeah, people would play sports, people would, you know, hang out, people would go do other things, but it was never like strictly part of the academic experience. Like you weren't staying at school until 11 p.m. at night. Exactly. Like exactly. a part of like drama club or something yes. like yeah, that. Yeah, there were no, like, I mean, there were, I guess, some like here and there, but it was, it was very, like I did, I remember, you know, I was so desperate to get into a good school that I would do like things like Model UN or like debate right. club. So I did have things like that. I was, um, like I was, I actually was like a huge debater, believe it or not. Um, I could see that. Thank you. <laughs> Were you? Was it competitive there? Yeah. So that was honestly talk about a trauma. I was like, <laughs> I so I was the alternate of the one of the alternates. I think of the national Greek team for debate, but oh no God. one ever like 
you know, drop dead. So I never had, right. so I never got to compete. Right. But I was like really sour about that because frankly, because I felt I was essentially a native English speaker and I perhaps problematically was kind of offended that Greek kids that did not have my background in English were better right. at me at, at English debate. Cause this was like an international thing. Right. Anyway. Wow. That w- with debate, because I was never on debate, even though I think I would have been great on debate. I, but I, I think so. I remember in high school, me just thinking it was so much work because like you need to, you know, write a bunch of shit and like yeah. have a point of view on all of this stuff. And I would have just been like debating like that scene from Clueless with Cher. <laughs> yeah. Like that just would have been me like pulling out a wad of gum talking about the hors d'oeuvres being served at like my parents' party. <laughs> yeah. But it was, I, I took it. I, I mean, I have to say I do have a competitive streak and because I never did sports really, especially after. I mean, we'll get back to that, too, because there's more there. But um, yeah, that was like where my competitive streak kind of came out. And I was like really into it. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Well, I feel like you were, from what I've gathered in the last half an hour of us chit-chatting, I feel like, George, you are the first person on my podcast to just be like academic king. Sorry, academic what? King. I think Bowen was academic king. Yeah, but Bowen was like really into theater, like into his... Yeah, oh, I guess that's um, true, yeah. No, I was like, the idea that like... I mean, I did not start doing stand up or start thinking I could do anything creative until I was in literal graduate school. That's so crazy. I mean, so when you were when you were having like experiences outside of high school and I'm sorry, I'm hard pivoting, but this thought just came into my head and Mm -hmm. I just need to know like the part because I've. I ask all of my international friends these questions like partying. Oh, what sure. was the vibe? Because okay. yeah. it seems like I had a friend who moved to Paris when we had just finished uh, middle school, I guess. And it seemed like she and her friends from the second they were like 15, 16 years old were fully going out to clubs. Yeah. Not yeah. Like- I, yeah. So I've been going to clubs vibe? since I was... I guess 14. Like it okay, it's just like brag about it. I'm not, no, but the thing is, like, I mean, if you had seen how uncool I looked, it was not like I it was, I mean, first of all, I started smoking cigarettes when I was, I guess, in 10th grade. I was I was not someone who like went through puberty super early. So I looked like a kid. I was truly this like <laughs> fat kid, like in like like imagine just like a fat kid with like a terrible haircut and like an Abercrombie and Fitch t-shirt smoking a cigarette while oh ordering like um I would be like um uh and a vodka portocali which is like which is like a screwdriver like oh my god I'm obsessed with that a 14 year old a chubby 14 year old wearing Abercrombie and Fitch smoking a cigarette ordering a screwdriver that, is actually you know what? how I feel inside. So, here, yeah, I mean, same. I mean, <laughs> look, I have not. Well, OK, so and I we don't have to go into this too much. But in terms of the weight issue of it all, what happened 
is I went from having an active lifestyle to not moving at all. So a huge thing that happened in high school at the same time that I was also like discovering I was gay and super depressed and in the closet is that, I mean, I don't know the numbers, but I gained, I mean, I remember my pant size went from like a 32 to like a 40, like in the, in the span of high school. So it was just like, I, it, I think, I mean, we don't have to get into the seriousness of it, but there was like some binge eating happening. There was some, there was like accompanying insane body image issues happening, whatever. So it was like, there were a lot of moving parts. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, but yeah, there's definitely not enough conversation. I think to this day about, um, you know, to use gender, like male identifying teenagers dealing with body dysmorphia and eating disorders. Yeah, it was like, it was all tied up in one thing is the thing. Like, I can't separate like the eating stuff from from the sexuality stuff from well, like- it's intrinsically the be- fully intri- linked. Yeah. And then also from just like the being, the, the feeling of being an outsider and being in a new place and like having none of the outlets I used to have before and whatever. But- but this is all of this is just to paint a picture of where I was emotionally in terms of going out. What happens is, well, two things. First of all, Greek people, especially Greek youth, but also frankly, Greek adults are obsessed with going out as late as possible, almost as like a, almost as performance art. It's like, like an endurance test. It's like, yeah, but it's like compulsive. It's like you'd be literally. You could you'd be like dressed and ready at like 11 p.m let's say but people would be like no no we'll meet at 4 a.m like i'm not kidding it literally like like people would just like wait at home because it was not considered normal to go out before like 2 a.m and so you'd meet at 2 a.m at the club um meanwhile because drinking is legal and because it's not considered like cool to be blackout drunk in the way that it is in the united states we wouldn't even be drunk. We'd just be like sipping on two drinks, <laughs> like at a club, like dancing to I Got a Feeling. <laughs> that is so funny. And were your parents okay with you going out at 2 a.m. or was it like a sneak out situation? No, no, they were okay with it. That's the thing. It's like parents, especially for my generation of Greek kids, like I, my, my parents are also like pretty progressive. Like they were, they definitely wanted me to keep them posted. Like, to, you know, to text them when I was on my way home or if they texted me, I needed to reply immediately, like things right. like that. But no, it was I I was free to come home at like 6 a.m. And, you oh know, I would God. have to. That's yeah. So fun. So you were closeted in high school. Yes. Throughout high school. Did you feel that like Greek culture was steps behind? I mean, look, the homophobia. In- yeah. Uh, th- that time in the 2000s in the US, I mean, mm-hmm. we quoted The Hangover. I know. <laughs> Famously, every punchline in all of those movies is gay. Yeah. Do you feel that Greek, that Greece was like behind even still? Yeah. Or, it's because there is also the weight of Greek Orthodox. Ex- the weight of Greek Orthodox, sure. There's the weight of Greek Orthodox, then there's then that's like, then there's the progressivism of European culture. So you're like, okay, mate, that's like, that takes us a little bit to, to the left. Like then there's, you would think for instance, the history of like queerness in ancient Greece would like somehow trickle down in these (laughs) schools that teach about ancient Greek history, but you'd be wrong. (laughs) I mean, every, every God was, uh, was literally fully fluid and pansexual. (laughs) Um, but so I'll, I'll, I mean, the best way I can describe it is like homophobia in Greece is very, I mean, there are of course explicit elements of it. Like, of course there's like a word for faggot and like, you know, you hear it around, et cetera. I never, I was never bullied in that way. I was, it was not like, it was never that overt. What it is, is more like a kind of 
begrudging acceptance that it exists and agreement not to mention it. Like, especially at the time. I think now it's much, now it's actually like, they've made huge strides. Like the, I remember last time I was in Greece, the, it's called Goodies, which is the kind of McDonald's of Greece, like the fast food chain, literally had like a pride menu where the burgers were like rainbow colored. <laughs> like it's gorgeous. It's, it's changed. But when I was in high school, I think it was like, of course, like for instance, you know, your parents would have a single friend and everyone would so clearly know that person was gay. That person wouldn't even hide it, but it was simply not talked about. Or like, right. I remember one time my mom was like, you know, George, it's so, I mean, and I'm, you know, obviously out to my parents and she was like trying to impress me. And she was like, you know, it's so interesting. Like three different gay people are running for mayor of Athens. And I was like, are any of them out? And she was like, you mean publicly? No, but everyone knows. Like, it's just like, you <laughs> sure. can't imagine, like, but she's still, but, but that's still like progress. Like it, it's almost, right. I mean, it's a different kind of progress because it's almost like, it, because you don't have to, I, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously fraught. But that, that's that's kind of where I, it was. But I understand what you mean. It's like, is it somehow more progressive that yeah. no one is making them like declare exactly this thing that is frankly no one's fucking business right. and has nothing to do with like running a city? Yeah. Yeah. Um that's so interesting. Did you have a girlfriend? Like, were, oh, sex. What was right. the vibe with sex? Were teens promiscuous like they were here? Were people like sucking dick and fucking mm -hmm. what was going on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I'll say it, a version until my freshman year of college, but, um, but certainly people other than me were. <laughs> were like doing it. Yeah. People were doing it. I mean, I think like, you know, I Greece is like a sexy place. Like we were also it like, is. you have to understand like the the privilege of going to high school in Greece. Like, I don't care if I was depressed and gay. Like it was like every summer I would get to go to like three islands yeah, and it would cost insane. $20 to get there. <laughs> like insane. it's just like, it's not, it's, it's something that like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I feel like is difficult to even describe because it sounds like I'm describing like being a princess or something. Like it was no, just you could let you can you can still get on ferries there like there are buses. Like you get yeah. on the Staten Island ferry, honey, you can get on one that'll take you to Mykonos. Like yeah, so it was just like so. Of course, in that environment, like people were hooking up, but I mean, I'm trying to think like were people at my if I had stayed in New Jersey, would people have been having more sex? Who knows? Because there's more of an illicit element. Like, I feel like in New Jersey, people would be having like sex in like the basement of a bathroom at a house party where people are doing coke or something. And like, that was not what my high school experience was like. I feel like we have like, and this exists in all cultures, but I can only speak to this as an American, as an American girl that went to American high school. <laughs> there's so much like, shame around yeah. every aspect of being a teenager. I know. That it almost feels like exciting and like tantalizing to like break the rules and do all of these things. Whereas when you're in a country like Greece and you're kind of like, it's culturally more acceptable to drink at a young age and you can stay out late and your parents won't necessarily worry. And you can, there's a bit more like flexibility, even if the world may be more intense or more strict or whatever it is, there's almost more leniency mm -hmm. in just human experience. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It never felt like truly I, I like the one thing, like the one thing I really wasn't allowed to do which is why, of course, I did it, was smoke cigarettes. That was like, because my both my parents grew up with, because Greece, I don't know if this is true still, but like for a while, Greece was literally the number one country of smokers per capita. Like everyone, I'm sure you know this from going to Greece, like everyone, especially before, like, I think now there's like, they're a little more strict about smoking indoors and stuff. But like when I was growing up, it was like, you know, you were at a restaurant, the the wait staff would literally factor in an app, a post-dinner cigarette, like when bringing the check, like. Oh, I mean, I still consider it. I've in the time that my dad has lived there, which for new listeners to my podcast, my father lives in Athens and I have noticed 
it's still a very smoky place. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed it's gotten less and less smoky. And I've also noticed there are places, there are like smoking sections. Totally. I think that's new. It's part of, I think it's like, they kind of held out as long as they could. And I think in the last like 10 years, it ha- there have been some changes. But, but it's still smoky. It's yeah, still very like smoky. a and remarkably when I was, I mean, smoky place. You don't under- like when I was in high school, truly, like if you were at a club or at a bar or something, you would leave and smell as though it's like you would literally, you know, go like this to your shirt and smoke would come out. Like it, it oh, was yeah. horrendous. Anyway, but in terms of leniency, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't having sex. I wasn't doing drugs. My drinking was, I mean, I certainly got drunk a couple of times because I like wanted to see what it was like. Right, right. But um, but it was an extreme. I remember, I still remember the first thing I, the first drink I had at a party was a Bacardi Breezer. I don't remember the flavor, but what those were huge. What is a Bacardi Breezer? It's What's like a Smirnoff a Ice. Ooh. So it's like a, you know, it's like a pre-mixed kind of sugary like drink. Love that. That's Bacardi brand. Bacardi Breezer. Yeah. Is there a like story or a moment in your head that's like, wow, that was so high school, George, that just like comes to mind? Or is it kind of just a um, milieu, if you will? <laughs> well, of, I'll say um, this. Um, at one point, my poor friend, whose name I won't say, but who was okay with this, I asked her to give me a hickey so that I could have one to so that people could like think that I was hooking up with someone. Oh, that's sweet. Which is very sweet. It's very like gay boy and like supportive girl friend and ally behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. An icon. Are you still friends with her? You know, I'm not. (laughs) And it's not it's not because she did anything. She was she was very cool, very sweet. But it's just like she was from that first school, the the more Greek one. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, you're you know, then I changed schools and I went to college Then I didn't live in the same country. Like you grow apart. You you fell out. You and your hickey girl fell out. But at least she gave you. Was it a good hickey? It was a good hickey. Yeah. And it got and it did what it needed to do. It got you that street cred. (laughs) Oh, my God. Is that the door that I hear? We're in the school guidance counselor's office. George, welcome to your high school guidance counselor's office. And I am the guidance counselor. God. In this section of the pod, we like to, you know, work out some things or or you can use this time to to just kind of rectify any wrongdoing of the past. Some people use it to apologize. Some people use it to say, fuck you. You can do with this time what you will. And once we are done, all of this trauma will be released and you'll never think about it again. That's what happens in the school guidance counselor's office. All right. Um, am I now just talking about traumas? <laughs> no, it's it's <laughs> if there's anything that you like, like, let me think of an example. Gosh, I mean, Bowen's whole episode last week was really just like every drama. Me and Bowen were like, High school drama teachers are awful. Oh, oh, um, oh, this is a section. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's like. Anything that you want, anything you can use this time to do anything you want to do. Even say, say that there was a a kid that you were nasty to. Yeah. Say, kid, I'm sorry that yeah, I was yeah. nasty to you. Or if there was someone that made you feel bad, you can say that made me feel bad. And now I'm going to move on. Yeah. Or if you have nothing. Um, I'm trying to think like, I mean, this is like, this is truly, this is the most like goody two shoes answer, but I can't wait that like great kids in school are so rowdy in like a truly cruel way. Like the, when, when we, when we like would notice like any kind of weakness in a teacher, we would ruin their life. Like, <laughs> and, and the mob mentality is very strong. And I felt like, again, it was a way to fit in. Sure. So I'm sure I was a little nightmare when I felt like I could get away with it. And like, so if I could, I mean, I do want to apologize to all my teachers for anything. I may have said. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think like, 
you know, I really wish, like, it truly is so sad to me that I never even had, like, that there was never another gay kid that we, like, even, like, understood, like, locked eyes and understood each other. Or there was, it, it just never, or, like, I had, like, an illicit affair one summer. It just, like, never really happened for me. The other kids that were gay at my school, I found out about later and, like, you know, it made sense, but it was never, like, Oh, of course. Like you never felt that you had like yeah. a, like a comrade. I mean, what I really yeah, I I wish there was a way. I'm sure if I was a little more confident or a little more risk taking, I could have somehow made it known to other boys that I suspected were similar to me. Like I would have really liked to have an experience, like a kinship with the other, the other like closeted gay boys. Yeah. Were most of your friends uh, women or men? Yeah, they were mostly girls. I mean, it was also like, I mean, I love them and 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 many of them I'm still in touch with. But like, I have to say, without sounding too dramatic, that like, I was so in my own head during that time that I almost felt like I was not like in touch with my own life and what I was doing. Like, even the friends I had, it was like whoever was easiest to kind of hang out with at any given time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the ones that I later grew, grew close to, I grew close to like after school, like after high school, to be honest. Like, yeah, I didn't really have like I, I had friends and I didn't feel like a loner or anything, but I never had like super close friends that I felt I really connected with until I, mean, and I it, feel the same way. Yeah, it's yeah. like. I always, and I don't know if it's kind of sounds like it, were you very, it sounds like you enjoyed your high school experience, but you were also aware that there was like more after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it all all felt a bit like a waiting game. And I also like, I, I, in order for me to not like literally, you know, kind of fall into the, you know, like, you know, in, in order for me to have any sense of hope, basically, as I was kind of like closeted, you know, depressed, whatever, I basically I had to envision like this is what it will look like when I go to college. Like, I remember I really want to go to college in the Bay Area because I was like in my mind, I was like, oh, San Francisco, that's where gay people are like. Right. So it, it was. And, and I you're would just, not wrong. And I'm not wrong. Um, so just I, I would imagine like a lot of what got me through high school is just like envisioning the what future. the next step was. I feel the same way. Like yeah. so much of what got me through high school, I could not have gotten out of there fast enough. Yeah. I was like, this is fine. This is whatever. But I always was just like, this is not my moment. This is not my place. This is 100%. not where I'm going to reach my my highest potential and you know for different reasons but I always felt misunderstood Mm -hmm. Um, totally it's so funny I even like when you were just now saying like my friend I was like and I hope none of them are listening to this but like even among my friends I was like these are not my final friends like no (laughs) do you know what I I mean mean, for sure I, I was like this isn't Sure. Like, it's nice to hang out with these people now, but like, I, I am surely, a, surely I I belong with XYZ people that I will find in like, you know, in, you know, New York City or San Francisco or whatever. Like, I was like, I, I will. I, yeah. And I and I also felt like I really wanted to be smart and well-read and whatever, but I just like didn't have it yet. So so I was just kind of like, well, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be a person yet. Right. Yeah. Do you did you feel that when you ended up coming back to the States for college, did you almost feel like a reverse thing happened to you where like you went you went from the US to Greece yeah. and then you're in Greece and then you came back for college where you kind of like I'm European, like I'm I, Greek. I mean, like, the thing is, as you know, I do play it up when it's convenient. Like, of I, course, and it's we like, must. and to be honest, I'm like, 
you know what? I have I have now been like an outsider twice. Now I've earned being like whatever I wanted. Like at 100%. any given point, I I think of myself as Greek. I think of myself as American. I can like pretend. I can you know go somewhere and be like, oh god, this is so American. Or I can right. like you know like go somewhere in Greece and be like, you know. You know, like I've met someone who works on SNL. <laughs> like, right, 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 right. Um, so yeah, I I feel like when I went to college, it very much felt like for the first time I was entering on my own terms and like right. you know, for lack of a better word, owning my own like identity. Past and identity. Like I I I am whatever I say I am and like right. You know, I, I'm not. I am whatever I say I, I am, and if I'm what, and if I wasn't, then why would I say I am? And I feel upset that that rap lyric did just come into my head because <laughs> it is by a rapper who shall not be named. But no. you know, wow. Now, did you have a prom in high school? Was was that a thing? No, we didn't have that. We had. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, there was certainly a vet. I mean, again, you know. Again, not to brag, but like when you're able to literally go out, like there are right. there's literally you no can go drinking. To the club, age. Honey. Like when you're able to go out, it's not yes. like you're gonna be looking forward to going to like the Some gym. fucking prom. Yeah. So yeah. but I do remember <laughs> in, to going to the gym. <laughs> in my mind, a prom takes place in a gym. I don't know if that's correct. <laughs> my all of our proms took place at uh hotels, like okay, okay, in great. the in like a ballroom of a hotel. Okay. <laughs> I have always wanted to go to a dance in a gym. I've never been to a dance in a gym. Okay. If any high schools out there want me to chaperone a dance in a gym, oh, I would I'm love available. to chaperone. Yeah. We can do a little routine too. <laughs> We can yeah. all love us. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll book a gag. We'll do a little yeah. time. <laughs> um, so, no, I, the one thing I remember is, so for our graduation, there was this kind of tradition where um, basically the students would walk two by two on the stairs of the school to get their diploma or whatever. And yeah. there were a lot of politics in terms of a, who you would be walking with. So like it was alphabetical, but it was clear that like you could worm your way into like, if there was a couple, the couples would try to walk together or like if right. you had a best friend, you would try to walk together, whatever. And then that, I remember that being like the event where people, people would talk about the clothes as though it was like ease red. It was always like Juliana Rancic on the red carpet. Like I still remember, <laughs> and I hope I'm not getting this wrong. And I could honestly find the photo, send it to you. There was one girl who wore, I believe it was a Balenciaga dress that then later, not before later, Kristen Stewart wore on a red carpet. <laughs> oh my God. And that was like a thing that was lore. Like it was like, Two years later on this, it, it, during the summer, people would be like, you know, she, you know, Kristen Stewart wore that. <laughs> That's so funny. But wow. I remember I wore a, um, it was not, it was, I, I'm afraid to, I'm, I'm sorry to say, um, either on clearance or, <laughs> or in some kind of other discounted capacity, but it was a Calvin Klein suit. Gorgeous, um, classic. And then I was walking with my friend and we matched our, my tie with her dress. So it was oh, kind I of a, a forest that. green moment. Ooh, forest green. So sophisticated. <laughs> um, did you have good food at your high school? I just have to know really fast what the vibe was like with food. Uh, no, we had, it was like, um, no, it was, they, they had like a little like canteen, like a, like a little cafeteria. bakery. Yeah. Like a cafeteria mm. type thing. Um, but it was like, you know, sandwiches and I mean, you've been to a Greek bakery. It's like spanakopita, tiropita, like yeah, all that yeah. stuff, which is <laughs> back to my weight gain, you know, <laughs> kind of a recipe for disaster if you're eating spanakopita and for lunch soda. every day. <laughs> yeah. Soda. I mean, soda's big everywhere, but I yeah. feel like soda no, a lot of is soda. Like definitely a vibe. Also a lot of just like. Dough. Yeah. A lot of dough. Yeah. A lot of dough. Um, if you could go back in time and give your high school self any advice, what would it be? Um, I think just like, I mean, first of all, just that like, it's all going to work out. Like th there was so much, I had such a fear that like, um, that this was it like that. For instance, I remember so clearly feeling 
like, well, I know I'm gay, but that's not something I will ever tell anyone. And it's okay. Like many people before me have lived closeted their whole lives. It's not a big deal. Like I can do it. Like, or, you know, like just that I had these, these competing notions of the future on the one hand, it was going to be perfect. And I had to believe in that in order to keep going on the other hand, it would never come and I would never be happy. Right. And just like, you know, just like realizing like, it's all going to be okay. That's one. Um, And then I think like, this is a smaller thing, but I, I wish I had kept a journal or something like, I feel the same way. Yeah. I really, I I really really wish, wish both for my own sake now, but also for my, just then like to get, I had, I was such a ball of anxiety, like to get my thoughts on paper to kind of like think through some things to, to not be in my own head so much. Like I, I really think it would have helped. Oh my God. I mean, there's a reason why so many therapists are like, you should journal for like Mm -hmm. 20 minutes when you wake up in the morning. I wish I think I was so aware of myself in high school that the thought of me sitting and journaling my feelings, A, felt cringe. Yeah. And B, felt weak. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, I don't know. I was like, I was so like internally like emo and broody, but I felt such a sense of being like, you need to be strong, you know, and... Mm -hmm. And I think that all of us little tortured souls um, probably had a hard time journaling. I think that yeah. it's also when you're in emotional pain at a young age, putting that down pen to paper is so intense because it, in a way, makes all of those feelings even more real than they already are when you're experiencing them. Mm-hmm. I don't and know. you know what else I would say to myself? It, it's like, We have, I mean, I have a great relationship with my parents now, but just like that your parents are flawed people. Like, it's just like, it is, basically there's no way to learn that until you're an adult. But if only we could learn that when we're younger. I think it's a very fine line. I learned too young that my parents were very flawed, which then made me like, angsty and resentful and whatever. But I do think it's a happy medium. I've had other people on the show that have been like, I wish I, I wish I would have had more fun. Like I wish I wouldn't have been so scared of my parents and Mm -hmm. like feeling that I would disappoint them and like realizing that my parents were parents too, or my parents were humans too. Yeah. And And, I mean, my parents were like, again, they both, literally met while doing engineering PhDs. Like they they could not be more academically minded. They could not be more specifically STEM minded. Like the idea that someone would right. study English was like literally like a joke to them. Like right. it would, it, so, and I think because it kind of all worked out, I, I don't regret, like, I, I'm kind of like, oh, well, if I had gone to, you know, Paramus I don't know. I feel like high I, school. Yeah, like it's exactly, it's like, well, I learned stuff from the things I did to please my parents that actually I think did make me stronger and more interesting than if I had done any anything I would want to do and then like gone and studied theater or something like. Right. So I don't know. I So I don't have any real regrets there, but it more so just like all those decisions, like what college you get into and like what like all of those things just like literally it don't matter. Yeah. Like take a load off. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Um, now the final question of the pod is, did you have a senior superlative and was that a thing there? And that's the thing. It wasn't, I, I really wish I had a snappy one. It, did it, you it guys just, have like quotes or anything? Was there ever had, anything like that? Yeah. So we did have like, we had a yearbook and, and you would, um, it had like a photo of you and then you would get all your friends to write little notes and then send all the notes. And then they would be like printed out on the page, like from each friend. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it was cute. So I, I, I have that. Um, do you think, do you think your friends or your friends, your teachers at that time would be shocked 
to know that you like the field that you are working in now? Yeah, I I think like uh I think when I was comfortable around people, I was able to be funny kind of, but I think the thing is, and I think this is like a big part of I think this was also maybe something that helped me back in high school, which is that I like because there was this cultural block because I was still getting used to being in Greece. I wasn't able to be, to feel free enough to like attempt a joke or try, try to have witty banter or like even have the reference, like, you know, know the pop cultural reference so that I could say something that was funny. I just, I didn't have it. And I feel like there was almost that thing you know, when like a baby wants to speak, but can't. And so they start crying. It's like, I was like, I so desperately wanted to be charming and entertaining and what, and I just like, didn't have the tools. Tools. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Wow. George, such a fascinating chat we've had. I have to say, this is like, I I quit therapy a few months ago and I'm like, as soon as I, as soon as I was like, Greta wants to talk about high school, let's fucking do it. It's been a while. I mean, you know, I'm obsessed with this show because, and I say this all the time on this show, I really think that like high school informs really important yeah. parts of our psyche just because we're like so young and malleable. And I think that it's kind of the first time in our life where we are sort of like forced to make decisions on our own, even Mm -hmm. if it's just in the confines of like eight hours in school. Um, Yeah, no, I think it's so interesting. I think it's so interesting to track who we were then and how we felt then and who we are now. Do you feel similar to your high school self or do you feel completely different? I really do feel pretty different, I have to say. Like, I I think intentionally so honestly like same and um yeah i really uh and and i don't like like i went to my 10-year high school reunion a few years ago and brave it, it was never yeah it was i did feel like it was brave <laughs> yeah and that I is so like, brave. You could not pay me. Actually, yeah. I'm kidding. If my high school wanted to pay me to do something at the school, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I would never yeah. attend a reunion. Yeah. Never. No, it was really like, yeah, I don't It was weird to, conf- like, I didn't feel, I. It, it definitely, there was something that was cathartic about it, but it wasn't fully there. Like, I didn't go right. back and was like, well, look at me now. Like, that was not yeah. the experience. I, I still was like, I, some of those same discomforts came back, like, right. you know, so it's just like, Oh, you better believe the, the second I win some goddamn award, I'm going to recount what I said. My 20 year reunion, I'm going to go in there holding my Emmy girl. Oh, you got it. Holding, you holding gotta. my Oscar. Holding, holding her Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holding my Nobel Peace Prize. Exactly. <laughs> oh God. George, thank you so much for coming on my show. It was I absolutely truly love chatting with you. An honor, a pleasure. It, I, it was the best possible way to spend a Thursday evening. Oh, and George, where can all of my listeners, all of my classmates, yes. where can they listen to you and find you? Um, I George Severus on, on, on all platforms and um and listen to of course my podcast with Sam Taggart's Radio Lab, which Greta has been on. I have what been was your topic? It's it, every episode is about a different element of straight culture, so everyone brings a topic. I'm trying to think. I what believe your topic we talked was. about gambling. That's right. That's what it was. It was gambling. Because gambling is very straight. Very straight. Very straight. And you know what else is very straight? People ordering drinks without ice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, that's something that just recently came to mind. Um, well, everyone, go listen to Radio Lab. It is a true, amazing podcast. And, you know... Like, subscribe, tell your friends to listen to this show, tell your parents, eh, maybe don't tell your parents to listen to the show, but tell your friends to listen to the show. And I hope that everyone is enjoying their week. And as we say every week on the pod, stay cool, never change. Until next time, ciao. That was a HeadGum Podcast.